What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I created a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on, and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. And today's guest, Mr. Dino O'Keefe, can definitely help you with that. He's got a really cool backstory, and he started a really cool nonprofit called One Epic Life. And I'm really excited for today's episode because it's now going on what feels like week 10,000 in quarantine. And we all need a little bit of motivation and inspiration. So I felt like he was the perfect guy to bring on here. And I wanted to hop right in and kind of tell a story about how we met. So last fall, myself, Hamza, and our other teammate, Cass, were at Forbes. And when you're at Forbes, there's a bunch of different booths with all these different companies that are pitching their ideas. And a lot of these companies have really outgoing people that are trying to push their product or push their services. And they're kind of all this, like what I call a clusterfuck of different ideas, services, products. And when I go there, I look for people that kind of stand out from the typical mold. And Dino was just that, wasn't really trying to push anything. He just had his booth and it said one epic life. And of course, knowing me, y'all know I'm all about thriving and living a better life and stuff like that. I had to go walk up to him. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what the hell were you doing at Forbes and how did you get a booth there? Tell us a little bit about that story and then we'll kick everything else off. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I literally was winging that entire time. (laughs) So a few months prior, I was hit up through DM through a Forbes director who just happened to be looking at my Instagram for some reason. So she hit me up, she DM me. She's like, hey, I love your Instagram. I went to your website and I love that too. I want to connect with you. I was so incredibly stoked. And we ended up started talking back and forth. And eventually she told me, hey, we have a Forbes conference coming up. And if you want to do a booth, let's let's get you linked in there and, and you can start advertising for One Epic Life. I'm like, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Let's roll with it. And so that's literally what happened. That's awesome. Short and sweet. Yeah, so you, you have a, a quick story. So she hits you up in the DMs, but this is what a lot of other people don't really understand is how much work you probably put in to eventually get that DM. So give us a little rundown of what One Epic Life is and how did it start and what does it stand for? Okay. So One Epic Life, basically it started via social media about two years ago, I would say, as it slowly morphed and started gaining traction over time. I wanted to be a positive, value-added influencer on social media in general, just because I saw so much stuff out there that was degrading, that was, there was no value, basically no value at all. So I wanted to get in there and I want to change that. So I started doing little bits over the past two years. And then as I saw it morphing and sort of gaining traction, I'm like, man, I should make something legit out of this. So at one point I was like, okay, let's submit all the paperwork. Let's go through the 501c3 process and create a nonprofit. And that's when I took those steps to do that. So One Epic Life focuses on content, curriculum, and community. And so building around those three sections there. If I could sum this up in like three words. So basically it's challenging people to live epically, ethically, and exceptionally different from the mainstream. Hell yeah, man. Core values, you're you're preaching to the choir over here. I love that. And I want to kind of dig a little bit into, so you mentioned value. 
And I'm a value-driven guy. I hate task-oriented things. And I want to give something that people can utilize in their own life. And in your eyes, what was lacking in that social media influencer community and what value were you trying to provide and have been trying to provide so that the listeners can understand when we always throw this word value around and we kind of all have a different perception of it. What is your perception of it for not only yourself, but for your brand? Yeah. So, so one of the values that really hit me back in the day and kind of why one epic life really started was knowing your identity and being confident and being able to walk in your identity and exactly who you are. So that's, that's one value added piece or topic that I like to talk about, but also things like how do you overcome fear? How do you conquer that fear in any aspect of your life, whether that's jumping into business, whether that's stepping up and, and writing that book that you should have written two years ago or starting that nonprofit, starting that business? How do you overcome that fear? Finding and pursuing your purpose and understanding those concepts. And also the last piece, and I know you love this too, is maintaining that healthy and fit lifestyle. Man, y'all should be taking notes on this. We're only five minutes into this and you're, you're already crushing it with core values, value, self-awareness. You're hitting on so many points that we could dive into, but I'd love to get a little bit of your backstory now, where you grew up, how you got to this point of crushing it out in San Diego. We were just chatting on here before about how you just invested in a duplex and how you're pushing your needle forward as an entrepreneur. Where did that all start for you? That's a good question. And I'm not actually sure exactly because like I said in the beginning of this, sometimes I literally feel like I'm just winging life. And sometimes that's okay to just learn as you go because I'm diving down avenues that I've never been down before. Like with this duplex, I've never been down. I bought this about six months ago. Don't know what I'm doing, but hey, it's been on my to-do list for about five years now. And I was, over the time, I was afraid to dive into this just because certain situations didn't work out for me. I'm like, Oh, this is way on the back burner. It's probably never going to happen because I live in San Diego and the prices are so high here. But one day I purposed in my mind, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to figure out a way. I see people doing it everywhere. There's got to be a way for me within my certain situation to do this. And I did it. And I can mark that off my list right now. Sort of off topic, I suppose. But so I grew up actually in Pennsylvania and then went through all my college and decided just to pick up one day and I'm going to pack a U-Haul and let's move to California. What the heck? Never been out here before and just kind of plowed my way and, and established myself. And here I am about 15 years later, loving San Diego and probably not going to leave San Diego. That's awesome. I wouldn't leave there either. We're, we're trying to spearhead our entrepreneurial endeavors to get out there. So I love that. What's your connection with the military and how did, how did that kind of spin up. So you're you're out in Pennsylvania and you're out to California. Where in that story did the military uh, come into play? Oh yeah. So I actually I had no idea, no plan to join the military growing up in Pennsylvania at, at all. When I moved to California, it was about maybe a year into California. So I'm in the National Guard. I saw how they were operating around San Diego. I'm, I'm like, yeah, that'd be good to get out there and, and do something good and serve my community and do things like that. My recruiter initially is like, you'll never go to Afghanistan. I've never been there. Well, two years in Afghanistan I've spent already. But 
going on 12 years active duty in the military now, and it's been really good. Actually, appreciate the military. That's awesome. Well, respect to you for serving and helping our country and just really utilizing everything that it's for to, to better yourself and then better other people. But I love what you said about how you're kind of winging it and you don't exactly know what you're doing. You just fully embrace everything that comes with it. And it's kind of funny because before I jumped on this podcast today, I was showcasing what my podcast studio looks like right now in this closet. And I get asked <laughs> a lot of a lot of the time, like what characteristics make entrepreneurs. And really, it's just a love for the process and not really thinking of the outcome. So what I'd love to tell you is that keep owning that because you're so obsessed with just the process of learning and just showing up and continuing to push forward. And from the day I met you at Forbes, I remember walking up and hearing your story and like, yeah, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I just ended up here. And I was like, man, neither do I, but that's what brings us together. And we're we are the champions that need to continue to preach that on social and in real life because so many people breed this toxic, I know everything type of mentality, but then at home are, are shells of what they could potentially be. So I'd love to ask you, obviously you've kind of given us the short story of everything, but what characteristics over your life can you say that have helped you get to where you're at. So there has to be something inside you that keeps pushing you forward and keeps allowing you to kind of open up your arms to all these opportunities without really expecting much in return and just turning that into something positive. Where do you get that from? Was it your parents? Was it where you grew up? Was it the National Guard? So I grew up, so my dad's actually a pastor or he's a retired pastor at this, a Baptist pastor of all things. So he was, a, he was a pretty strict parent growing up. I was blessed with really good parents, pretty solid upbringing. So I think that had a huge play into where I am today. And I went through a pretty nasty divorce actually as well. And this was coming off of my first deployment. Basically midway in the deployment, she, uh, she messaged me and said, hey, I found someone else. And it really, that really destroyed me at the moment because I did not see it coming. And then what followed after that was just, that mental battle through the rest of my deployment because it was midway in the deployment. I was in Afghanistan and it mentally broke me down. And by the time I got back, I was depressed and I had no money. And the situations with a divorce, how she left and, and all of this kind of, it really had me at the lowest point. Me personally, it was the lowest point in my life. And being able to recognize that being able to collect my thoughts in those low moments and push forward, develop a plan to move forward, and then just go forward, I think really helped me mentally to establish myself in a stronger, in a better way than I was 10 years prior. Hell yeah. I mean, you, you, you have to go through the fire first before you yeah. can really appreciate what you had. And man, I'm sorry to hear that, that that had to happen when you were obviously fighting for our country and, and overseas. And obviously there's nothing you can do. And that's where we talk about, and I have talked about previously is like controlling your controllables. And that's so hard to do when you're half a world away. Like mm. you don't have the ability, like if something bad happens to so like, just go to the beach and just mellow out for the rest yeah. of the day. Like you're, you're, you're already battling. And then to deal with that internal battle 
is even far greater and harder sometimes. And that just shows uh, your capability of kind of like rising from the ashes of what your life used to be like and where you're at now. Now you're using it to help so many other people. And that's where I kind of like to pivot this discussion into really what One Epic Life is up to today. And I know we were talking about potentially collabing on an event here coming this early summer. Obviously, that's not going to happen with this whole coronavirus. But I'd love to know kind of where you guys were at after Forbes, what you were up to, what you were doing, and then maybe how you've pivoted a little bit during this whole crisis. Yeah. So after the Forbes event, I stayed in contact with, her name is Lindsay from Forbes. She's one of the directors there. And uh, I would call her and we'd set up at least some weekly conference calls. And she'd sort of guide me through the structure and, and how to really hone in. And also I have a, a fantastic board who really, I'll sit down separately with each board member and they're on point with helping me because my sometimes my vision is huge. So there's one um, girl on my board who knows how to take my large vision and really siphon it down into something manageable and workable and help me to move forward with that. So after the Forbes event, it was a lot of strategizing and honing in on exactly what the heck I need to be doing. And then I know I brought this up before about the whole winging thing, but let me caveat that too. I'm always learning. And same thing with, I know Thrive on Life is always pushing out such valuable content. I eat that stuff up. I go in there and I'm, I'm reading through all your stuff. I'm listening to your podcast. So when I say winging it, it's winging it based off of, I have an educated baseline. So it's like in the military. I want to say I'm winging some of that as well, but we have our baseline training and we're able to move and adapt to situations that come up. Because when, again, we're in Afghanistan, I don't know what's going to come up behind that next door, behind that next um, valley that we happen to go through. But I need to immediately be able to move and adapt to that situation based on everything that I've already been trained, I've already been learned to do. So that's when I say when I'm winging it, that's the situation. Man, that's, that's so good. And that's what helps you raise your, your baseline up. And I love what you said because I live by if you're not if you're not failing at something and you don't feel anxious or nervous, you're not pushing the needle mm-hmm. further for enough in front of you. You're not kicking the can down the road enough. And that's where I love what you said because I'm the same way. In short, put yourself in rooms with people way smarter than you are, or further on. I don't like to use the word smart because we're all intelligent in different things. We all can do different things and excel in different things. But by smart, I mean enter rooms where people have experience in a certain niche or genre, and it's solely predicated on time. They've just spent more time in that area than you in most cases. Mm-hmm. And if you go into it with open arms, you then set a new baseline for yourself when you walk out of that room. And that's what I'm always on the seek of and through my brand is how do we seek and inspire people to set new baselines, whether it's for their personal health, professional health, mental health, spiritual health. And I know you're, you're all about that, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to cut you off on your, on your response because I love what you're, what you're talking about. And how did those meetings kind of lead to uh, some more traction when you got back to San Diego before obviously all this crisis stuff happened? Yeah. So basically these meetings honed into exactly where I wanted to go with, with one epic life. And basically 
if I could break it down, it's people helping people. And that's really what I wanted to engage a community of people to do is get out there and help people. So like I said, we're focusing on those three content, community, and curriculum. Yes. So it took some time to, actually, I just launched my first, we'll say mini course, but on discovering your purpose. Because a lot of people always ask me, how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? I believe, first of all, that your purpose kind of morphs over time. Exactly what you said in the very beginning of this podcast, that things are going to morph. Your business as it goes forward is always going to morph. What you initially thought was going to be in the future, it's probably not going to be that. That goes with anything. Because you grow, you're always learning, your experiences, everything. And it's just going to make it better over time. The end product is always going to be better than what you first thought it was going to be anyway, I believe. So just jumped in and we just launched our first uh, our first mini course, but I want to basically develop out the whole curriculum part because I really want to teach people and I need to fund this nonprofit since this is entrepreneurial-ish. I want to be able to fund the nonprofit without having to go solicit people to, to donate to the cause, um, sort of a self-sustaining mission there. Oh yeah. And it's crazy the paths that we're both on because we're gearing up to and I need to add you to my mighty network. So we're gearing up to launch courses later on this year. So I'd love to allow you to to kind of plug your course. What's it about? Who would be best for this course? And I know I'm going to hop on it after this podcast episode and, and see what it's all about so I can push you out there because that's directly where my team is headed. Uh, we want to help educate people and really give back. And it's funny because you've you started down this nonprofit path. Thrive was supposed to start as a nonprofit, but when I was in Houston and working with other nonprofits there, I kind of saw how much red tape they had. And I was talking to some mentors and they essentially told me, start a for-profit first so that you could self-fund your nonprofits and not have to constantly, basically they told me, if you start a nonprofit, you're just going to be a fundraiser and you're going to be constantly trying to find money to support it. But if you start a for-profit, you can essentially fund it yourself and then your mission can grow and scale faster because you're in control. So that's a, essentially what we did. And it sounds like you've done the opposite way where you started a nonprofit. Now you're going to start these courses to, to self-fund. So I'm, I'm super interested yeah. in what you're up to. But I think the easiest way to start is what is your course about and who can it help so that somebody listening to this potentially could, could use your course? Yeah. So the title of it is Six Steps to Discovering Your Purpose. And basically it's, I believe we were created to live one epic life. And so the course is a, it's a PDF download and it's broken into four parts. And the parts are designed to help you create space in order to discover your purpose. I'm not going to tell you what your purpose is. You're going to discover that through reflection questions, through kind of a worksheet. You go through these things and also includes video and introduction to each section. So that's basically summed up what this what this course is about. Heck yeah. And how can somebody sign up for this? Okay, so if they go to oneepiclife.org and they can click through the Epic Freedom Course section and they go right there, they add it to the cart. Too easy. Awesome. So y'all heard that. So if you're looking to find a little bit more purpose in your life, which probably a lot of us are right now, go to oneepiclife.org and sign up for Dino's course. Um, I know I'm going to check it out right after this, but I love one of your core values in this, which you said curriculum in your eyes. So you made this one course. You said you, you love to think big. What will this become in 
what your grand visions are in terms of curriculum? What would you love to do? I asked a question in my Mighty Network the other day, like if you had all the resources in the world to accomplish what you're trying to do and there was no constraint, what would it look like? So that's kind of what I'm asking you right now. If there were no constraints, what would this curriculum look like and, and who would you be serving? Okay, and that's a great question because I get stoked up just thinking about that. But what I said initially, epically, ethically, and exceptionally different from the mainstream, I would love to, first of all, write a book based on that. How does one do that? How do you live epically? How do you live ethically and exceptionally different from that mainstream? So writing that book and then having a course catered around that book, or even the course first and then write a book based off the course, but defining each of those and then having the content developed from each of those words and they're epically, ethically, and exceptionally having a video based content or, or something like that. Still, obviously still kind of strategizing and trying to figure that out. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you're breaking these courses down, you already have the strong three core values to live by. And that's where I think you're starting from the ground. And that's really where a lot of people need to look at themselves right now. And I was just listening to an audible before this podcast. I kind of get in the zone. Um, I typically go for a walk before I hop on podcasts. And it's the book called Indistractable because right now we're obviously at home and there's so many distractions when you, you're free to kind of do whatever you want and you're not mm. in a meeting where someone's staring you straight in the face and you're on your laptop looking at meetings. And I downloaded this book called Indistractable because I just wanted to hear like what are some of the tips and tricks of not losing your flow state. And essentially what he was talking about was core values. You have to attach your core values to the actions that you want. So if you have a core value of integrity and you're constantly reminding yourself of that, well, even when you're on a call with somebody else that's digital, for instance, I'm not going to be on my phone and because that's disrespectful to the person talking and to that moment, um, it's disrespectful. And he talked mm -hmm. about really like attaching human beings actions and lifestyles to a core value is really what drives success, momentum when things are tough and new ideas and innovation. So beyond the core values and pushing an epic, ethically driven, exceptionally awesome lifestyle, what goals do you have personally? So we tend to obviously throw ourselves into our business and into everything that we do. But what are some of your hobbies and some of the things that you do to make sure that you're evened out and balanced in whatever you're trying to do? So for instance, to put it in short, how does Dino live this epically, ethically exceptional life through the hobbies that you kind of have on a daily basis? That's a good question. Um, so one of the things I love to do is play my guitar and actually I lead worship every Sunday at a church, a local church here in San Diego. It's for a, for a youth group, about 50 to 60 uh, high school kids. They're always pumped up and it's super fun and engaging to get out there with my guitar and just writing music in general. I literally sat down last night and I wrote a song. I wrote a song and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to record this. So I set up my whole, I have all the equipment in my living room. So I did my own living room session, if you will. And I, I recorded that and it helps me to uh, be creative, first of all. It helps me to just 
is very peaceful playing the guitar as well. So I have fun tweaking that. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what tonight's living room session is going to turn out. But I recently jumped into that. And for me, I really try to stay, I'm pretty diverse, I suppose, or I like to diversify myself. So I also have an Amazon business, which I'm trying to go forward with. And the funny thing is that it's, and this, this is going to sound really funny from a guy saying this right now, but my niche is mermaids of all things. I did my research. First of all, I did all the research and this is the one thing that I hit on like, okay, I can jump into that. I can make this one happen. So <laughs> over the past year, I've been honing in on, I know I hear you giggling back there, but yeah, mermaids. Oh, I have so many questions about this, but I want to let you keep going. <laughs> So I'm just saying that's that's one of the avenues that I want to create that passive income coming in. So developing the Amazon business, I'm literally sitting in front of my whiteboard, which has my goals and my to do and my affirmation, if you will, telling me who I am written on the board. So I can see that every morning when I wake up, there it is. Okay. That's, that's what I am. That's what, that's what I strive to be right there. And then also just working on, I want to start a vlog. I've been thinking about starting a vlog and I'm looking at my to-do list and that's, that's what's on there as well. Yeah. So staying diverse, staying physically active, um, as, as, as you're well aware with the whole fitness industry, I love, I love getting out there and love running and, and weight training and, and things like that. And San Diego is just a pretty active city. So I'm right in line with that. You're, you're in the best spot in the country for mermaids and active uh, lifestyle. <laughs> no, but I love that. And that's, that's another thing that diversity, I think a lot of people, especially like where I grew up on the Northeast, you kind of get stuck in this lane of when you go to school to get your degree or wherever you're trying to go, you're following a path that isn't necessarily yours. You don't necessarily know who you are why you're here on this earth, what you want to achieve in this world, it's kind of just bestowed upon you. And some people get out, some people don't. And that's where you're clearly showing, like, I love how you have the whiteboard to, sh to remind yourself of who you are. I wrote something the other day where as soon as CJ became enough to himself, he became enough to everybody else. And that's when Ooh. I really started seeing success was I was always the guy that I wanted muscles and tattoos and wanted to be an entrepreneur and wasn't following the normal path. Like I just wanted to do it my way and have fun with it. And that's where like in business, like I like to have fun. Like this whole quarantine, uh, Aaron and I, my wife are talking like I've, I literally maybe have worn underwear like three times this entire <laughs> quarantine. I've just been wearing gym shorts and my joggers. That's and awesome. I'm, I started questioning like, why can't I just do this all the time? Like, why do I have to be something other than what I truly want to be? Obviously there's these extenuating circumstances where I can't not wear underwear and pants to when I fly into Forbes, but um, <laughs> that'll be weird. But in, in my daily life, how can I be more of myself and and who I want to be. So I love what you exactly. were talking about. Yeah, I love what you were talking about there. And there's so many tips for people. Um, but I kind of wanted to reel this back because you mentioned board of directors. And I don't think everybody out there that's listening to this understands what board means. So I'd love for you to kind of describe 
what it's like to get your 501 for your nonprofit, and then how you picked your board and how you learned all of this. Because there's a lot of people out there, including my wife, who talked about wanting to run a nonprofit one day, but she also was stuck in the, I don't necessarily know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. So I'd love to to hear from your side of things. Like, how did you learn to do that and and grow into running a nonprofit? Yeah. So with me personally, when I want to do something, I will research the crap out of it. And then I'll just dive in and screw it. Let's go. Let's see what happens. So when I was in Afghanistan in 2018 into 2019, a little bit, that's when I, during my off time, I would study and I would learn and I would, I would see what I could Google and figure out like, what the heck is a nonprofit? How do I, how do I set this up? What paperwork do I need? I was fortunate to have one of our JAG, which is a, it's an army lawyer. He happened to be working on my little task force. So <laughs> I was picking his brain like every second, like, Hey, uh, is this legal? If I do this, what paperwork do I need for this? Can you, can you check over my paperwork after I do this? And he was super helpful in helping me and guiding me and, and, and showing me the way to do this. But because most people will go through, and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't use a lawyer. I'm not a, a legal advisor by any means, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to educate myself and I can do this. And I, and I'll just have this lawyer who's sitting next to me kind of vet things for me. Otherwise, there's a lot of paperwork when it comes to submitting your, the form is called a 1023, I believe, but it just, it's very good to do it yourself because it helps you to understand what your nonprofit is, what's it about, and it details everything. And it ended up being just about close to a hundred pages of, of data that I had to push out there. But once I was through with all the paperwork uh, submitted that out. It takes about six months, and then you and then you get your your five hundred one c three status. And basically, as you said before, surrounding yourself with smarter people than you are. So I looked around myself, and I'm like, okay, who? First of all, who's a thinker around me? And I, I thought about the the friends that I had or the greater extended network around me, and I'm like, okay, that girl, she she's a thinker. I like how she thinks. I like how she can draw out things inside of me that I didn't know I can I had inside of me. So I wanted her. And then there was another guy who he was a go-getter. Or I wanted someone who was a go-getter. And I thought of my other my other buddy who who runs a uh, a gym up in Sacramento and I'm like, "Ooh, I want you on my team because you're going to help push me. You're going to help drive where I need to go." So, okay, I need you on my board. And then I needed someone who's just organized, someone who, so basically this is my thought process. I thought of areas that me personally, I lack a little bit or I'm not too fluent in. So let's bring those people together to fill my holes. And I don't know if this is exactly the right strategy of building a board, but for me, because we're a very small nonprofit, this worked for me because I needed to fill those weaknesses that I I knew that I was uh, deficient in. So I built my board based on that. And I feel like at this point, I have a pretty strong board that helps push me. Or if I have questions, I just, I reach out to them like, Hey guys, and they're all, they're all friends of mine. So it kind of worked out better for me in that aspect. But basically surrounding yourself with people who are, who are smarter than you in, in different areas. 
you're almost unknowingly doing the number one thing that any business or business owner should be doing when they first start their business. And that's honing into your own strengths and aligning yourselves with people that kind of help you solidify the weaknesses that you have. Because man, I, I work with so many freelancers and consultants and Another one to hit on is like creatives. So like videographers, a good instance is there's a lot of videographers out there that are really, really good at photography and videography. But when they're out shooting, nobody is selling them. And then when they get behind their computers, they're also not selling themselves because that's not their necessarily strength. So they, they kind of like hide behind what they're really good at and then mm. don't really drill into or surround themselves with people that can help themselves. So the guys that make it to the next level a lot of them, what they end up doing is they half-ass the sales end of it, which then takes away time from them being even better at what they're really, really skilled at. So that's where I'd love to jump into what are your biggest strengths that youth can think of? Um, and then that way others out there listening can, you gave such good advice of aligning yourself. You have the thinker, the doer, and then kind of like the project manager on your team. What is your mission and your purpose within your organization? Yeah, I think the main thing for me is that I'm, I like to say I'm a visionary. So I have that long-term grand vision of not only one epic life, but like even my own life and my goals. I'm really good at goal setting and, and setting up myself to move forward with those goals and reaching those goals. Because like I said, I have my whiteboard literally sitting next to my bed. So when I wake up every morning, it's like, okay, there it is. This is, this is, I literally have it broken down into future goals. I have my short-term goals, my to-do list right in the center. I have my affirmations. It tells me who I am. So I wake up and I look at, I see I'm the owner of my Amazon business is called Vital Tiger. I'm the owner of Vital Tiger. I make $50,000 a month. I don't actually at this point, but that's what I want to be in the future. So like, I'm a visionary. I think one of the things too with me is that I'm able to move and adapt, learn quickly. And I think that's very military-ish right there. I think they definitely instilled that in me. Same thing with discipline. I'm very disciplined on a routine, but able to move and adapt when things come up. And I think those are the main things for me. That's powerful. The last thing what you said is super powerful because everyone out there considers themselves a visionary. If you go in the entrepreneurial community, they're just like, oh, I'm a visionary. And it's such a um, an overplayed word, but I loved how you put it because you back it up with the discipline. And I mean, you've, you've been to Afghanistan, you've moved across the country, you take action and execute on things. So you're a visionary that actually like executes on his visions and what he's doing. And it's really insightful and inspiring to see that like you live that every day you have that board next to yourself every single day and that's where i think a lot of people fall off is because it's really easy to say oh tomorrow i'm going to wake up and write out on my whiteboard what i'm going to do but how hard is it to do 7 days in a row and then one month in a row and then three months, the simple things, even though it's a simple thing to do every single morning, become very, very hard to do. Simple, but not easy. So what kind of like tips could you give for people out there to kind of create that habit 
that it seems like you've been able to have these visions, but you've created the habit of execution and you've done all these things. Well, what if I'm the guy that maybe is a little bit overweight or maybe has some mental health issues or a girl in the same scenario that has confidence issues? What is kind of like the three things that I could do maybe starting tomorrow to start heading in the path that, that Dino has had? Yeah. I think number one is cutting out your distractions. We fill our lives with so much noise all the time and it throws us off track like crazy. I think that's one thing, cutting out distractions. And number two, and you push this through your company all the time, is just educate yourself. So once you remove the distractions, you realize, oh man, I do have time to sit through a podcast and learn something. I do have time to sit through a YouTube video and learn how to create my own nonprofit. So remove distractions, educate yourself. And then for me personally is literally listing out. I know I keep bringing up my whiteboard, but it's literally right in front of me right now (laughs) is annotating things. When you write something down, it solidifies it and it'll help you to, first of all, see it every day, but it gives you something to cross off too once you complete it. And it helps you to build steps in your mind. If you have everything listed out, okay, here's what I need to do today. Here's what I need to do tomorrow, especially during this quarantine. Just list out your day by hour. Like, okay, this hour I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Because if you don't have that, some days I'll wake up and I didn't prep myself the the evening before of what I'm going to do. And and literally, maybe I'll I'll sleep in an extra hour. And then I'll wake up and kind of mosey around. And um, I know I have stuff to do, but it's like, Everything is lagging until I start like, okay, Dino, get on it, man. Let's start going here. But if I, the night prior, if I sit down and list out, okay, this is my to-do list tomorrow. This is my day broken down. I wake up, boom, I'll start, I'll start just flowing and going with my day because I literally wrote it down and I have it in my hand and I'm just going to follow, like I'm literally holding my checklist that I need to do for today. So I'm going to cross off podcast with Thrive on Life. Done. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for even listening to us. It it really means more than you know. And it's crazy how similar we are, even though I met you one time and spoken to you a couple times, because I kind of follow the same three things. The minimize your distraction. The easiest way that I look at that is be a producer, not a consumer. So when I think of like social media, like people, I'll give you a scenario. So my brother sees me on social media and sees everything that I'm doing from afar. And so do my parents. I'm posting a lot. I'm doing a lot of different things. So that gives off the perception that I'm always on social media. I'm always Mm. like engaged in things, which is not really true. Like I don't comment on a lot of people's things. I don't like a lot of photos. I am solely focused on producing things that I think are valuable to myself. So like when I produce content at first, it's valuable to myself it's a reminder to me to keep pushing the needle forward. And then I push it out in hopes that maybe one other person can gain value from it. If one other person gains value from it, then it's a win for me. And I feel good about my life. Now, this is where a lot of people get confused where they spend a lot of time consuming. And that is the actual distraction in life is when you're consuming outside things and not allowing yourself to just think and produce. And then on your second point, when you're talking about your board that's right there where you're keeping track of what you're doing, but then educating. One of the things that I do is I educate myself and then I use something called mind mapping, which Mm. you're using a whiteboard. But if you look up 
I'm gonna plug Simple Mind right here. I think you'll I think you'll like this. Um, look up mind mapping, and it allows you to just like get so free and creative with your ideas, but keep a little bit of structure to them. And then I take that mind map, I educate myself, take that mind map, and then I put it into a Trello or some type of thing that's gonna hold me accountable for actions. So it's kind of like this continuous loop of the Trello helps me produce, which then helps me educate myself more, which then I put into this mind map to really clarify my visions and my idea, which then get put into the Trello. It's like this like revolving spinning door. So, I mean, I get so obsessed with everything that's going on and like I just love the process. And I love how you broke that down because again, it's almost, it's identical to me, but you do it in a different way. And that's kind of like what I want to convey to the audience right now is do it your way, but there are some common core principles Mm -hmm. that he's been preaching about that will help you turn your visions into reality. Like you can't just sit there and think and stuff will happen. Like he is very disciplined in what he's trying to do and having your set routine, make it your own. I used to get caught up in like, oh, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. because all these world-class entrepreneurs are saying do that. It was like, no, that doesn't work for CJ. So that's not what I'm going to do. So if you're listening to this, take our advice with a grain of salt, find your own way. But the common core principles of minimize your distraction, educate yourself, and then track what you're doing literally will change your life. Mm -hmm. So man, this whole conversation has been amazing. And unfortunately, we got to start getting towards wrapping up. But I would love to kind of end on the note of what are you looking to do within this next year? I know coronavirus is happening right now. Hopefully the quarantine uh, starts to slow down and we can go back to a new normal because I don't even hope we go back to the old normal. But for One Epic Life and for Dino, like what is in store for this next year? Yeah, this next year. Hopefully I'm able to get another course out or continue on with the, with the curriculum. And then I want to really dive into this, into the community. So we started before this whole coronavirus stuff. I took a team down to, it's called the Alpha Square. It's a low income facility. So basically we serve them dinner and we're just not networking in a way, but basically people helping people. So we get down there and we're serving this community less fortunate than us. I had 40 volunteers show up that first day that we did that. I knew like three of those volunteers. I don't even know where they came from. But it was amazing. And we were able to just pour into this community who was less fortunate and encourage them to better themselves, which is huge. So I would love to do more of these type of projects around San Diego. <laughs> As my board tells me, my grand vision is like all over the United States when my board's like, hey, San Diego, focus San Diego first, and then you can expand everywhere. So yeah, building out the community service projects around San Diego this year would be a great vision for me. That's amazing. And, and, uh, your board's spot on because my board, which is my wife, um, <laughs> it reminds me of the same thing because I'm thinking about traveling the world and doing all these different things. And she reminds me to, mm-hmm. uh, to basically stay grounded and can just continue doing what you're doing is what she always tells me. Don't pick your head up and everything that you're doing right now is going to lead and the same thing for you. If you can put your head down and just grow the community in San Diego, somebody's going to pull you to New York mm-hmm. or pull you to LA or pull you to Chicago. And then maybe they pull you overseas or to South America because they notice what you're doing in in San Diego alone and they, they need your help and would like your advice or 
to consult for them. And that's, that's the thing I think that a lot of people out there don't see right now. And that's where I love this podcast and I'm so passionate about it because we can show that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We didn't really mm. know. And we're just doing the best we can with what we've got day in and day out. And it leads to opportunities that we then take advantage of. So it's same with the military. Like you have this baseline foundation of knowledge so that you're always ready. And that's where for people that are listening right now, Dino is essentially sharpening himself in San Diego because there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to go across the US and potentially the world helping people live an epic life. And I can't wait to we were supposed to it's a partner thrive was supposed to partner in some type of an event in San Diego that has not fallen off for me. Mm. I've already been looking at when we're coming out to San Diego. So I, I really look forward to um, helping where I can and, and seeing you in action. But before we wrap up now, I'd love to give you one last chance at any, anything that you want to say to the audience or give them some lasting motivation and inspiration on how to live an epic life. Oh, so basically using this time because we have, there's many of us that have so much time on our hands right now, but just really making a structured, a structure of your time and growing out of this whole situation and being able to set yourself, set a little baseline for you during this quarantine. So when you're out, it's a springboard into the next project that you want to get into after this. Hell yeah. And how can the listeners support you? So where can they find you at and get in contact with you? Oh yeah. So you can easily jump on our website, which is uh, oneepiclife.org, and all of the information is on there. You can find me on Instagram. My name is spelled D-E-I-N-N-O. It's kind of weird, but that's the way it is. Or you can find us uh, one.epic.life on Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you, Dino. Man, this was such a good episode. I can't wait to re-listen to this. I feel like I'm honestly talking to myself at times. And just want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day during this crazy period of time to chat with me and give all this value to our audience. It's It's been super inspiring, motivating to me. And like I'm chomping at the bit to go work on some of the projects that I'm working on. And then also envisioning coming out to San Diego, catching some waves with you and, and seeing how we can impact the community. Yes. So really, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to all our listeners out there, thank you again for your support. This is the first time I'm asking for anything. If you guys could please, please, please give me a rating, a review, uh, a little write-up. That's the best way to help my team right now. It's been pretty crazy for us. We're working on a couple of different projects. But as you can kind of understand with everything that's going on, my business has kind of been shaken up a little bit. But I'd really love to push these podcasts out to some people that really need to hear these things during these times. So if you could just give me a rating and a review, that would really, really help. So until next time, this is the Thrive on Life podcast with CJ Finley. Thrive on, y'all. Mm-hmm.